You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Animals talk to us every day in many ways, especially the animals that live with us. Have you ever wondered if your pet could speak? What would they tell us? Join pet communicator Erica Alexander as Pet Life Radio presents When Animals Speak. You'll learn how to enhance your life with your pets and expand your knowledge. When animals speak, it helps us align with intimate wisdom of animals for insight and self-knowledge. Now, step inside the mind of your pet with your host, Erica Alexander. Welcome to When Animals Speak on PetLifeRadio.com. I am your host, Erica Alexander, and thank you for joining us today. Today on the show, we have David Hackenberg of Hackenberg Apiaries. I saw David on the 60 Minutes TV program, and he graciously agreed to come on my show. I have a saying, when bees die, we die, so when I heard him speak about the alarming rate that bees are dying, I was interested in finding out more and if there is anything as individuals we can do to save the bees. David grew up on a farm in Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania. As a teenager, he became interested in bees and beekeeping. David started with one colony of bees in his sophomore year in high school. By the time he was a senior, David had expanded his colony to 150 colonies and began his lifelong career as a beekeeper. Not much has changed except the size of his company. David and his son now run approximately 3,000 hives of bees in five states for pollination and honey. David and his son rent bees for pollination of apples, blueberries, cantaloupes, pumpkins, and almonds, as well as other fruits and vegetables. All sounds good to me. David has served as president of the American Beekeeping Federation and has served on the National Honey Board. He also sits on numerous bee research committees across the United States. But at this time, we will take a break and we will be right back with David Hackenberg after these messages to find out the buzz on bees. Time to communicate with our sponsors. When animals speak, we'll be right back. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No. To my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. world. 
Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets with your Paranormal Pets ghostly host, Dusty Rainbolt, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Is your pet thinking you should order that great product you just heard about? Find out now when Animal Speak is back. We're back. Welcome, David. Glad to be here. Thank you. I'm glad you're here, too. I feel this is a very important subject because I don't think people realize uh, the ramifications of not having bees in this world. The uh, public really doesn't understand where their food supply comes from today. I mean, we're, we're a long ways, today's generations are a long ways removed from the farm. Uh, and we just don't understand, uh, the public doesn't understand the food supply situation. And basically, you know, that honeybees are responsible for one third of the diet that we consume today. They, the good things that are on our dinner tables, the fruits and vegetables, and then some of the nuts, and you know, and uh, just just the nice things that make our our, our table look green and and, and colorful, uh, and the things that are good to eat, uh, you know, that's the, that's the things that the foods that the honeybees are responsible for, along with the milk, even the milk we drink, uh, the alfalfa that the cows eat to produce milk, uh, bees have to pollinate that alfalfa seed so we have more alfalfa to grow for the cows to produce you know milk and so on so yes it's uh pretty uh the honeybees are a pretty amazing thing that they basically you know provide all this and and don't ask much for it uh actually in terms of value we're talking about somewhere around uh probably 18 billion dollars worth of farm uh produce uh that's produced each year across the United States. That's mind-boggling. And with this new, what's that? Yes, it is very mind-boggling. And of course, with this, with this new problem with colony collapse disorder, well, you know, we're starting to see some real severe problems. How does the colony collapse disorder affect the public? Well, what's happening is across the United States, uh, the honeybees are disappearing. For what reason, you know, the scientists and beekeepers aren't really sure. All we know is we're having some severe problems, which started back three or four years ago and has gotten steadily worse. Uh, some surveys done by the USDA a year ago showed that losses across the country last year were about 30% to what we call now call colony collapse disorder. And this year, the numbers before the surveys even completed uh, a week or so ago, the numbers are up to thirty-seven or thirty-eight percent. So, can our can our country sustain this kind of loss for with the bees? 
Well, you know, what's, what's really going on is we're, you know, there's less beekeepers than there's been for a long time because of the economics, you know, beekeeping's not an easy job. We, you know, we're on the road a lot moving bees for crop, for crop pollination. Uh, and so what's happening is the bees are getting asked to be not just double duty, but uh, it used to be if you rented your bees once or twice a year, that was a lot. Now we're seeing those same beehives being rented three and four times a year to different farmers uh, across the whole country. And our operation, as you mentioned when you were introducing me in the beginning of the program, about we pollinate apples and blueberries and cantaloupes and pumpkins and almonds and some other things. So the same bees that just came back from California from almond pollination in February, early March, are now pollinating citrus in Florida. They'll be making their next move will be going to apples in Pennsylvania and New York and then on to blueberries in May and June in, in, in Maine. And then they'll be pollinating vegetables. Some of them will be pollinating vegetables and pumpkins in through the summer months. So most so, of these bees or all these bees will be, will be doing four pollination jobs. Those poor bees. So because of that, what are you seeing? What type of effects are you seeing in the hives? Well, and and what people got to understand is that the stress of moving them is not is 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 another stress, but and it's not the stress that's killing them or making them disappear because we've moved bees for years. People move bees back when they put them on railroad cars and and ship them from north to south on railroad cars from the Dakotas and Montana to California and from the north to New York to Florida back years and years ago. So people that is have been so interesting. People have been moving bees for years, but what's going on is the beehives. Good-looking beehives in a matter of three to four weeks, and sometimes a little longer than that, go from being a good, prosperous hive of bees, but they start to dwindle, and eventually all that's left is a queen and a handful of bees. Uh, and, but the interesting thing about this whole thing is that once these bees disappear, no other, no other bees will go into that hive. Uh, the honey that's in the hive, no bees come in. Normally, under normal circumstances, other bees will go in a dead hive and rob the honey out and take it back to their hive. The bees won't bother this honey. They won't even look at it. Uh, the pests that we have, the small hive beetles and the wax moths that are two of the predators of a beehive, they won't even, they won't even move into these hives. So there's something definitely going on that is, Totally you know, causing them to totally abandon these hives. Right. Yeah, so something's them. happening to totally abandon right. these hives. Right. Correct. Hmm. That's very interesting. Uh, when when I saw you on 60 Minutes TV program, you were pretty much talking about businesses. People paid you to take your hives for large crops. But is there anything that individuals can do to help with the problem of the colony collapse disorder? Well, the first thing that, you know, the public can do is pick up their telephones and call their congressmen and senators and, and explain to them. I mean, they already know there's a problem here, but unfortunately, there's very little money has been put by the U.S. government into funding the research to to basically get an understanding of what's going on. And without research dollars, we, you know, it, it's just impossible, you know, to, to get to the bottom of the problem. We have lots of samples of dying beehives and, and from across the country, not just one or two outfits, but probably 30 or 40 commercial outfits like myself. The samples have been taken. Some of these samples have been sitting around in freezers for over a year with no money to run the samples. And, 
Uh, we need, you know, we need financial support from the USDA to to make these things happen. Uh, you know, beekeeper, you know, individuals, you know, a lot of individuals have have said, well, maybe I need to start keeping bees, so I have some bees in my backyard. Well, that's you know, that's fine, and 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 you know, that's a way to help in your own locale, lo- local back, you know, local area to get some bees to pollinate your, you know, your flowers in your garden. But uh, on the long run, we need to get to the bottom of the problem. And so as, because it's not only affecting just large beekeepers like myself, it's a, it's a also affecting the, you know, the small backyard beekeeper. I mean, they're having the same problems we are. But I think our food supply is a priority. So maybe the listeners would like to write letters, as you say, or become active, or I'm not understanding why the politicians don't think that that's a priority. I'm well, sorry to no, hear that. We don't, under, we don't understand why they don't either. Uh, you know, some of, some of the, some of the things that, that we think may be part of the, of the, of the problem, which may, and we're not sure, sure, maybe somewhat has to do with new insecticides, systemic insecticides, and so on and so forth. And unfortunately, you know, uh, we're talking about big business. I mean, we're talking about, you know, these new systemics are used on everything from your lawn to, uh, your dogs and cats, uh, you know, the farmers use them in their, in their fields, uh, the golf courses put them on their on their on their golf courses. They're great products. They do exactly what the manufacturer says they'll do. They kill they kill bugs, and are concerned. But they don't kill in the old conventional way, where you go out there and spray a spray a spray something, and you come back a day later and everything's dead. In this case, uh, basically what happens with these new systemics is they the insect eat sucks on the plant or eats up the plant and uh this gets in their system it breaks down their immune system and something else takes takes them out and unfortunately this is what we're seeing going on inside of a beehive now whether it's the insecticides or whether it's a combination of a lot of things going on you know we think it we think really that it's probably a combination of four or five different things all all coming together at, at the wrong time to to make this happen but whatever it is we need to have research research done to basically find out what the problem is i mean we are 16 months into since you know i'm credited with discovering this in november of 2006 and we're 15 or 16 months into this thing and and nobody has an answer what What's even causing it? But we need food for survival, so I would think that they would uh, make That's it a right. priority. And, you know, we can import a lot of things, and we can import a lot of food, but we can't even get good toys sent to us from abroad, so uh, I well, need to be I, I, the food that comes from there. I think that that is part of the problem I hear, that they feel that we could just import, and we can't import everything into this country. You know, you did touch on a subject that I was going to bring up. Uh, People who are considering getting their own hives to help add to the bee population. Do you think that's a good idea or how much work is that? What do you think about people getting their own hives? Well, beekeeping beekeeping is a nice nice sideline hobby. The only problem is my hobby that started out as one hive of bees is a VOAG project in high school kind of got out of hand (laughs) <laughs> no, it didn't and, get out of hand. We're glad you're and, here. Uh, <laughs> We're gl- uh, but no, you know, beekeeping as a hobby is a very pleasant thing, and there's a lot of people that 
that keep bees as a hobby. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to find. You know, you can buy bee equipment. Uh, bees are a little hard to come by right now, but I'm sure if you know you're we're talking to people all over the country, and I'm sure you'll find be able to find a beekeeper that might be able what might want to sell you some bees, or you can get on the internet and find suppliers of of bees. And and uh, but yes, it's 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 it is a real interesting hobby. I have a lot of friends that keep a couple hives in their backyard as a hobby and and uh you know when you're doing it as a hobby it, it, it's it's probably a more enjoyable experience than uh, when this is your livelihood and you know and your your bread and butter and your your is dependent on you know you making it go and i know that you do a lot of hard work and i I realize that you're saying it was a hobby, but I was thinking more towards maybe if we had people who had some beehives, it would help not to deplete the bee population. You know, some bees that were not being taken to crops that are not being affected by these pesticides. Maybe if we had some bees, I just was kind of thinking. No, it's but, something, you know, that people need to look into. And I mean, it's, it's something, you know, you start out small and, you know, that's how we started out, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, but it is something that, you know, it's something that people can do on the side to help pollinate their own vegetables and, and, True. you know, and help, Help the help the environment. I mean, you know, it's, uh, the wildlife the wildlife depends on you know a lot of a lot of wild berries and so on and so forth. And without pollination, you know, we don't even have wild berries for the animals. I just thought they were depleting at such a uh, fast rate in the past few years that we could maybe pitch in and help <laughs> add a few more bees. But That's right. uh, David, yeah. But David, I'd like to thank you so much for being here today. It seems to me that you're doing so much to save the bees and our lives if you think about it. So thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Time to communicate with our sponsors. When animals speak, we'll be right back. Fluff your feathers, roll out your tongue, shine your fins, snap on your leashes, and grab your human. It's the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo. Two full days of pet-tastic fun that no pet lover should miss. Join us for shopping, the Barks and Couture Fashion Show, Dream Pet Wedding, Ultimate Pet Makeover, Pet Communicator, Rescue Me Pet Adoption, Service Dog Demonstration, and tons of fun contests. Bring your pets and join us at the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo, Saturday, September 27th, and Sunday, September September 28th at the Kentucky Expo Center. For more information, go to LouisvillePetExpo.com. There's nothing like a shaggy dog, baby. They're shagatelic. And this is the place to find out how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Oh, yeah. So stop by our pad every week and get switched on, baby. Switched on to the show that's all about attitude. Oh, behave. With your groovy host, pet edutainer Arden Moore. Yeah, baby, yeah. Every week on demand on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Is your pet thinking you should order that great product you just heard about? Find out now when Animal Speak is back. Well, hello. Today we have Sharon and we'll be speaking to Boo. Welcome, Sharon. 
Hello. Uh, what kind of dog is Boo? Boo's a shit Boo. Oh. And he's three years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a problem with him. He doesn't like to eat his food out of his bowl. He wants me to hand feed him. Oh, so Boo has become spoiled. Maybe. That's actually what I see that it is, is, is that he feels he's being pampered and spoiled instead of uh, versus go into the bowl. He, he gets that extra attention from you. And then do you put him on your lap when you're doing that? No, no. I just kneeling down by his bowl and just putting my hand in the bowl and, and feed him. get over to him ridiculous. <laughs> yes, it is. It's going a bit too far. I see that he doesn't uh, like the location of where the bowl is at for some reason. Uh, yeah. But I don't see that you've moved it. I see that it's been there for quite a while, wherever you put it. Or have right. you moved it? It's no, been no, there. It's been exactly I, the same I see it's the in the... Bowl. Yes, I don't see that you've done anything different. You haven't moved the bowl. It's been there forever. Same bowl, same space. It does seem like sometimes when he's eating and he feels like he's uh, looking in the bowl, facing the bowl and eating, that there could be some distractions behind him. He feels susceptible. Uh, is is it in an area where, say, if he's eating, uh, someone could be walking behind him? Yes, exactly. <laughs> There's That's what it is. When he's at his bowl, he feels, well, am I going to be kicked, hit? Uh, pick, so, is someone going to get me? Is something going to happen to me? Area. That's yeah. what it is. It's the location. Yeah. Say that's 80% of the location of the bowl. And the other is that because... He wasn't eating, and you're you're such a wonderful mom, and didn't say, "Oh well, too bad, starve," you know. Starve yeah, starve to death. I'm I'm going to feed you and take care of you, and also I see you take care of your father, so he sees that 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 you're very much a caregiver, and you know you take care of your father, so take care of me. And he he got a little bit. He used to be in hand fed, and can relax a little bit more when he's eating. But uh, as you see, I think you have enough on your plate to do instead of hand feeding. And if you move the location. <laughs> I'll and, try that. Yeah. yeah. And also do not put it in a place. I see that one place that you're kind of thinking in. Don't put it in a place where uh, it's warmer, say, in the sun near a window or something oh, like that. Yeah, and the no, food's too warm. Some people have. Exactly ha- in the center of the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. But think about that when you go to move, yeah, because many yeah. people have done that. Though I actually uh, had a woman who had a cat, and she thought it's more convenient instead of putting it on the floor. It's in the way. I'll put it up in a bay window in a mobile home. Oh, it was yeah. so hot, the animals stopped eating. You know, they didn't think of that. Many people will put a, a bowl next to a sliding glass door or something, yeah. and not even think twice. Like, oh, okay, and then and then it's just too warm where it's at. But I see yeah. that he's there. Doesn't feel as as comfortable as to where the bowl is located at this time. He's too susceptible. Yeah. So you want to talk to Boo now? I Maybe have been talking to Boo. Oh. I, uh, that's what he's telling me. Oh, he is? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm kind of... going up to his ear. <laughs> no, I'm kind of the interpreter. Okay. Animals okay. telepath. They oh. can't be heard on the radio. So oh. we get you to uh, ask the questions, <laughs> and then they answer, and I give oh, you the okay. answers. Mm-hmm. Does he tell you how much he likes animal movies? He loves 
firehouse dog and all that. He sits and watches movies with you. <laughs> or I just put them on for him, and he watches them. It's like uh-huh. an animal in it. He, he, he does like it. He watches them. He, he yeah. pays attention, doesn't he? He doesn't move. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. run off. No, he likes he it. <laughs> and mm. commercials. And he knows all the commercials with animals. In. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I I wonder if there are other people out there that can put movies on for animals. I had no idea. Yeah, now he's a real TV lover. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. it's great that that you do that for him and you think of him that much. You know, you're very good to him. Oh, yeah, he's my baby. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, I think uh, we're going to go to a commercial break at this time. I want to thank you for being on the show. We have Meredith and her sister Julia. Meredith bought Julia a bunny named Blitzen. Hi, Meredith and Julia. Hi. Hello. Oh, and I forgot to say, Meredith and Julia are sisters, and Blitzen actually was a present to Julia. Yeah, for Christmas beautiful little bunny and um, she is such a fun rabbit to have. We have done a lot of training for her and um, she. one of the funny, funny things that she loves to do is binky when she's really happy. Tell everyone what binking is. Uh, well, binking is when a uh, bunny rabbit will be running around and, and in midair while, while they're jumping up, they'll put their um, hit their feet together and kind of toss their heads. And supposedly it's an expression of uh, real joy when they're really happy to be free and running around and playing. I love to see that. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah, and she's she's is such a little ham because we can show her how to do uh, little tricks. It's amazing because the bunny used to not be very friendly or want to be held when we first bought her. Right, Julia? Right. She didn't want to be touched or pet, and now she demands it from us. And she'll get upset <laughs> if we don't give her attention. So she actually trained the two of you instead of vice versa. <laughs> That's probably more accurate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she she's actually very funny because we've taught her how to uh, to be held and loved, and she um, loves she's potty trained. Uh, she will even do tricks for us if we um, give her a treat. She'll walk on her hind legs in a circle for a treat, and it's the most adorable thing. That's amazing. No you could do that to bunnies. <laughs> Either did I. That's yeah. amazing. Now, did you need a part-time job? I, I I think we can have you go out to people's homes and do this part-time train bunnies. <laughs> sure. Julia <laughs> would love that, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so she's, she just really is... Um, a, a real joy. Uh, she's also she can be very demanding at times, like uh, like Julia was saying. Do you want to tell her about that, Julia? Well, she definitely gives us the cold shoulder when we go out of town. Like she'll attack her caretakers. She'll kind of growl and you know pounce a little bit. And um, when we come home, she'll give us the cold shoulder and kind of look at us and sniff us and then turn her head like, oh, you're back. So, so she definitely expresses her wishes. Definitely. I oh, see yeah. that she's very strong, and I had a bunny 
just one bunny myself for a short period of time. And when I do communications with my clients, it's always on the phone. So unfortunately, I'm not there in person to see a lot of animals. But what I can see, even though I haven't had as much experience with rabbits, is, is that yours expresses more so than the usual it's much strong in expressing its opinion that's his way of express he or she it's a girl oh okay her expresses yeah. her opinion that's very true it's so funny because my parents will say that she is the one that rules the house <laughs> i think so she does uh I she is happy and she really doesn't want anyone else to take care of her. I don't even see that she even wants your parents, although she's familiar with them, to take care of her. Well, actually, she gets quite a bit of loving from my dad, and she melts around him. So she's she's quite an affectionate little bunny. Oh, well, what I meant was, is she. Not that she doesn't care for them, but she prefers that it's the two of you taking care of her. Right. That's pretty true. Yeah. This was nothing against your parents. They're wonderful to her. But when I say that, meaning feeding, when she knows who a lot of uh, pets will call their parents, mom and dad, you know, the the parents, and they they prefer for them to provide their needs and know that they're there for them. They can get affection from other places, you know, as much as affection as can be for pets is, is great, but they prefer that you supply their needs. She basically, I'm just saying, she likes to feel, she know, she feels secure knowing that you're taking care of her and it isn't just that, oh, okay, you have caretakers, pet sitters and you and then your parents come in and your friends come in and that, that anyone takes care of her. Right. Yeah. I, I do have a question related to that because sometimes uh, she will go through what is called a, a false pregnancy or something like that. You know, you can explain it a little better, Julia. Right. Well, basically, uh, bunnies have go through this thing called a false pregnancy where they think that they're about to give birth. And when bunnies are about to give birth, they rip their hair out from their chest to make a nest. Mm-hmm. So she does that, but she's not really... Pregnant, of course, because... I see that it's her hormones are triggering that behavior. All right. I don't know if that's something that... that Can she be tested for something like that, I would think, in a vet tester? Or can you uh, maybe talk to a vet to see if, even if you did, if there's something that, that would would help, help her? Yeah, probably. I, I would imagine so. We've never actually consulted a vet about that, but... We, we just assume sometimes she likes to be ornery. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's uh, it's her, her hormones fluctuate, and her hormones uh, bring this bring bring this uh, triggers this, and she goes through it. And I don't know if they even give bunnies something to alter the hormones or if it would even be good too or right right too it, it's not something 
I, I think you should speak to a vet. And then if they're saying, well, there's medication or not, even if you do, she is saying she doesn't want any medication. And I'd find out if it's, if it would be harmful to her, if it's worth, you know, is it best to leave it this situation as is or to do something about it. I am hesitating here because I, d I don't like to give, uh, you know, uh, I'll look at, uh, at what I see, but I'm not a vet. I'm not going to make the medical opinions, and I don't know everything that's available. But I'm also hesitating because she's very upset that that subject was brought up because she doesn't want to have, she thinks she'll get shots or drugs or something to try and control that, and she doesn't want to have anything that she has to start taking or ingesting. Did you get her, you had her since she was a baby? Yeah, we got her when she was approximately two months old. Mm-hmm. So someone else had her before you? No, I actually bought her from a pet store, so... Oh, okay. didn't really have an owner for before us. But I knew that she wasn't a tiny baby that you had gotten her. I knew she had been somewhere else before because she's saying she had an experience uh, before where they were shoving pills down her throat and she doesn't like it. So it it's turned her off against medication. I would advise you to talk to her if you do ever have to take her somewhere of that or anywhere and give her something that she really does need or for her best interest or say she's sick for survival, explain it to her that I'm I'm doing this because I want to take care of you and make you feel better and you need this and and tell her a few times, let her know, versus something like this that would probably be elective. You know, she could probably be fine with leaving this situation as it is, is what she wants. All right. Hmm. Whoever it was gave her, I don't know if it was medications or or vitamins or something, and they weren't good at it. So they, they they were shoving it down her throat. Well, that would that would make sense, I would think. She's so much. She came so much out of her shell after she was here, and we started treating, playing with her, and nurturing her. And she was such a reserve. Such a she really had a very different personality when we first got her. Mm-hmm. Where's her cage? It's in a room. That is, um, it kind of serves as an office too, or there's a computer in it. For some reason, she's telling me she would like it moved, that that's where she sleeps. Do you put her in there to to sleep and she's out or different? Pl she's saying she'd like it moved. i not telling me why. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> she just doesn't like that where the cage is in general or. Right. And, and, I want to say here, I'm not telling you what to do. I just tell you what they say, and it's up to you. I'm pretty much just the interpreter here, and she would like the cage moved. All right. You can find a... She might like, want to move in with you, Julia, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think that she may want it to be moved? Well, she she just loves Julia, because Julia is the one that really gives her most of the care and everything, so she mm -hmm. Loves love being around her, so I could see her wanting to move into the same bedroom as she's in. She's in a room where you said it was an office, but I see that it's a room where no one's actually 
it's not their bedroom or living room or kitchen where you socialize. Right. So because now I'm getting, she's because I don't even know how to say this. It it doesn't have the same feeling as if say you were in your bedroom sitting on your bed watching TV and you picked her up and held her in your lap. She just is not as comfortable in there wherever she is. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. She definitely loves being around people and getting affection. So that was right. Sense. And in that room, she isn't getting that she says it's it's a lot less limited in that room than where she thinks that you could put her <laughs> yeah i can i can see how that's in line with with uh, her attitude at times <laughs> <laughs> she could be around people 24 7 she doesn't like to be alone and she's alone at times in that room. She thinks it's a, it's not cold temperature-wise. She just feels it's a cold, lonely room. All right. Well, we'll see what we can do with that because we, we love her, her so much. I want her to be a happy little bunny. So She's happy. She's happy. You just have to realize that they don't, ha- it's not that often that they get a chance to say what they would like. Right. And so she said she wants some new toys. What kind? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> she said she has some toys now, but before these toys that you have now, that you rotate them out, the, the toy you had before this one now, and I'm saying it like she's saying it to me. So okay. does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. What was it? <laughs> I'm curious. What that was, Julia? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we give her, like, pieces of wood to chew on and... Mm-hmm. At one point, we had a little carrot with rope on it that she could chew on to dull her teeth. That's what she wants. She says you don't have that any longer. Okay. Is that true? Yeah. And she wants one of those again. All right. Okay. Well, I think this is a good time to hop off and uh, go to a commercial break. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Time to communicate with our sponsors. When animals speak, we'll be right back. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a -a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Is your pet thinking you should order that great product you just heard about? Find out now when Animal Speak is back. We're back. 
While talking to Sharon, she mentioned she puts on dog movies for Boo, and that made me think of fun things to do with your dog this summer. Take your dog on a boat. Give him a doggy life preserver and use your obedience commands to keep your dog in one place. Go for a swim in a pool, a lake, or at the ocean. Do this only if your pet is not afraid of water and seems comfortable. 3. Take your dog to summer school and teach him some manners or tricks. 4. Teach your dog a new activity. Your dog may enjoy sheep herding, you never know. There is a club for every dog activity imaginable. 5. Go on a picnic. 6. Take your dog on a ride in the country. Find a trail and go hiking or take a moonlight walk. This would be nice for both of you. Don't forget the water. 7. Go to a dog show. You'll also see booths with hard to find products, so bring home a present. 8. Watch a dog movie with your pet. 9. If you do not have a dog, maybe you could borrow one from a shelter or a rescue organization. The dogs would love you for it. You could think of this as your time to exercise, a time to give to yourself and a pet. Make it a habit to volunteer once or twice a week and make this your regular exercise regimen. Keep in mind, pets can get sunburned even with fur. Well, it's time for me to buzz off. Thank you for listening. If you would like transcripts of this show, just go to PetLifeRadio.com and click on When Animals Speak. You can contact me to see what your pet would say at WhenAnimalsSpeak.org. Warm wishes and purrs to you. Animals talk to us every day in many ways, especially the animals that live with us. Have you ever wondered if your pet could speak? What would they tell us? Join pet communicator Erica Alexander as Pet Life Radio presents When Animals Speak. Step inside the mind of your pet on When Animals Speak. Every week on demand in iTunes and on PetLifeRadio.com.